We're back. We're back. It's a distraction. I'm through. That's wrong. How are you doing, Roth? I'm pretty good. Can I take the listeners uh, inside the game and behind the curtain for just one moment? I knew you would. That was, uh, that was Drew's second take at We're Back because he thought the first one wasn't vigorous enough, and it was very vigorous. <laughs> I, uh, I remember when I got hurt, and we did our first podcast when I came back, and uh, and I did a I did a meek version of it like on purpose. I was like, "We're back, we're back," and <laughs> people were mad. People were like, "Hey, why is he so?" Uh, and they knew why I was so tempered, but they were like, "Well, you know, it's easy. so." Like now, I make sure I'm extra loud to make up for the time that I was too quiet because I've been hideously, hideously injured and brain damaged. I think that it's important to have a, a brand that you're known for, and it's good that mine is being like just kind of stammering and saying like a lot and like crying about the Mets. Like you need to bring that big energy. There's a lot of people that listen to this podcast. Like it goes up at, you know, midnight or whatever, but people like start their days with this heading to work. Like, I think it's important that you have the, uh, the, you know, big drew energy that you deliver there. It's true. This I'm is glad a drive- that I don't have to do it. This is a drive time podcast. So we have to, you know, we have to be the caffeine that yeah. people have when they are stuck in a, uh, in a Toyota Prius, uh, yep. On the on the Jersey Turnpike, we've been bothering people. Daisy about. We want to add traffic segments to the podcast, <laughs> uh, but it's very logistically, it's extremely difficult. The technology is not; it's not there yet. I had the idea for Defector that I wanted to do a daily weather report from like a different planet, like where we would give <laughs> we would give the we would give a basic. I was totally stoned when I thought of this. I was going to say, this is definitely like yeah. thoughts from the recliner with yeah. Drew McGarry. I was right not here, but. drunk, but I was not sober. So I was like, I was like, okay, this would be cool. Cause I was reading about like Jupiter and Jupiter's like, you know, Jupiter has like ammonia hailstorms like every yeah, day and shit like It's that. actually, it's a good idea. The more you know about these planets, because it's like, it's, you know, another like steel tsunami, yeah. you know, or like there's all this fucking like incredibly, like this things that sound like grindcore bands, but that's just like a normal Thursday. Yeah. So I thought it'd be bitching if I was if I was like a weatherman, like a video, and like I had like the the green screen behind me, and I was like, okay, well, well this system's coming up toward Mount Fungus or whatever, you know, whatever the <laughs> fuck is on Jupiter, and you know that's gonna uh, that will tear off your skin and flay your inner organs for <laughs> just about two hundred years, and then it should dissipate. By, uh, by the, but <laughs> then I realized that I would have to like, and I wanted it to be accurate. And I realized that we don't actually have like a satellite stationed around Jupiter at all. Like we don't have Doppler radar for Jupiter. Yeah. Like we can get weather reports from Mars from like the rovers, but the weather on Mars is always like, well, it's a bit dry and kind of yeah. cold, and that's it's boring. it. Boring. You see uh, Starship Troopers. That's basically what it is. But yeah, I think the. Uh, the thing that I most admire about this idea, and it's a, it's a, there's a close competition. I really admire pretty much everything about it, <laughs> is that uh, there's no way to falsify if you're making any of this shit up, and yet you're so ethical that you're like, I'm not gonna sit here and tell people that it is um, raining acid on Jupiter unless I can prove it, unless it's right yeah. that it really is raining acid in Jupiter. That yeah, day. it's more fun if it's real. Like that's what yeah. I feel bad because uh, I'm about to, I'm about to hit the. Uh, the drinking game, Mark, but like as I as I've gotten older, like there are times when I don't appreciate joke mode for things. Mm-hmm. Like I want real, actual information. Like if like if I get a column and it's really just like a jokey column about like, well, here's what would have happened if uh, you know if they instead of 
outlawing spider tech, they had said, okay, well, we're going to place the baseball with uh, a Rubik's Cube. Uh, <laughs> like, that would have just sucked. It would have sucked to ask. So I'm like, I also, I have this thing. Now, I'm really getting off tangent. But I've sorted out that, like, I know everyone hates uh, Joss Whedon now because he's problematic. And <laughs> he, was a, he was an abusive fucker. But also the style of it. The style of his of his dialogue, yeah, that like kind of what they what people on on the internet call soy, yeah, stuff where people are, everybody's just kind of like saying things back and forth to each other, like if Aaron Sorkin was like a sixteen year old theater kid, right? The, the weedisms where year old theater kid where people are commenting on the action in the movie as the movie's happening, so it's like, well, I guess we're in a car now. I guess this is a car yeah. chase, like shit, like that. Like so that, that happened, that but, sort of shit, yeah. But the other thing I had, and this is not uh, necessarily the provenance of just Joss Whedon, is peop- is that in any TV show or movie, everything serious has a joke pinprick at the end. So someone will give like a really like earnest and heart, like Iron Man will give like an earnest and heartfelt like speech, you know, you know, to the rest of the Avengers. And it's very stirring and it's got some good ideas in it. And then, you know, like at the end, he'll be like, or, you know, we could go get pizza if you want or something like that. Like, it, it's always deflated. Ugh. Like, like, yeah. So, like, it's like, it's like it gets a nice laugh from the audience. It's a little pop, but it doesn't actually, like, it undercuts the actual meaning of what was just said. And I don't care for that anymore. That, honestly, like, whether it works or not uh, in terms of dramatically, like, it, that is so, um, triggering is not the word. Yeah, but, like it's such a like a vile Whedon like sort of like clever in a way that's uh, not actually clever or that just kind of is like um, self regarding and like the most obvious kind of way. Like I'm I can't really stand it. I've seen right. bits and pieces of his new show on Showtime because we have Showtime. We got premium cable in our household, and it's it stinks. Um, it's like unbearable steampunk stuff, plus all of his fetishes for like women with long dark hair doing leg karate on guys, which is like a, <laughs> it's like a major hang up of his. But there's, I caught uh, like one little second of it while I was flipping through. And this happens sometimes if you're like scanning through the radio and you get like two seconds of a Red Hot Chili Peppers song and it's like perfectly distilled chili peppers. Like you just get key to people like, oh yeah. And then you're like, that's good. That's all I need. I don't even really think I needed that. You're going to hear about California in those two yeah, seconds. Yeah, right. Yeah. Or if he's just like kind of like scatting while there's slap bass happening behind <laughs> him. Anyway, the Whedon bit of scatting with slap bass behind it that I heard was uh, two rogues um, with Cockney accents being interviewed by a policeman, and he was like, you're, you were far from your home, and one of them goes, we's peripatetic. And I hated it. I just, I was like, this isn't something that anybody would say. Nope. Like, you're showing off that you know the word peripatetic, which I guess is cool or whatever, but, like, it's not that cool. And it was, it was a very um, economical way of realizing that I would not be surprised by this show in a positive way, and then I could just keep it moving and see if, uh, you know, whatever, if they were airing Top Gun on Showtime West, which it, they often are. It's also, it's just, it's very seductive because it's entertaining. When somebody throws out a good yeah, one-liner. It's clever. It's better than, like, it's not like CSI or whatever, where it's just, like, thudding, grim, like, kind of faintly Republican vibes. Right, stuff. right, right. It's just that I don't, like, I want the meaning to be... I want the meaning of what a character's saying to not have a wink at the end every fucking yeah. time. Like, I, and Especially, it's not a lot to ask. stuff, you know? Because also, the other thing is that um, 
like you're I'm not asking for there to be less comedy in it. Like the one the one thing that um the TV writers uh talk about is that like all the all the jokes in any like comedy work better if only that character could say that. Like mm-hmm. if it, it has to be true to the character that would be doing it. And like even like basically like like if you go to like Star Wars, like the first Star Wars where they're stuck in the trash com- compactor and uh, and Luke goes, it could get worse, and then they hear some horrible fucking groan, and and uh, and Harrison Ford goes, it's worse, and like the whole fucking theater dies laughing because it's yeah. totally within character for Han Solo to be saying that, but also he's not, he didn't just give like a, a long winded soliloquy about like the meaning of you know the commitment of like bravery or some shit like that, like he was just like he was just being himself, and it was funny in that it was. It was funny, but also worked with the plot. Yeah. So no, I I don't know exactly how we're going to tie this back to space weather. I'm starting to think maybe we aren't we aren't going to do it at all. Well, no, because I, I want the I space weather. Because if the space weather were fake, it would only be funny once, right? Yes. Then, but if the space weather was it was always real, yeah. And I would be like, holy shit! Here's a new thing I discovered about what the weather on Jupiter can do. It can actually extrude out from the atmosphere and grab you and pull your <laughs> testicles off. Like that would be. That would give me yeah. something new and interesting. It would be good, and it would be true to your beloved character, Drew McGarry's space weatherman. Yeah, because like, because information always makes anything better. Like if you just if you have background on a historical novel and you're writing, you know, and you're writing that novel, we talk about that with Will Leach. Like Will Leach wrote a novel where the main character has a terrible disease. He had to research the disease. He had to look into it. If he had known nothing and just guessed and just like made jokes about it, like, ha ha, I'm in a wheelchair, that would have been shit. It would have been fucking yeah. terrible. You need like that nuts been enough and bolts. to fool people, but I think it's different. Yeah, I mean, certainly like with stuff like that too, I mean, that's like a more serious thing. Like, I don't know that like Whedon's gonna like honor uh, Iron Man's actual essence or personality or whatever, but no. you also know he's not gonna fucking try. No, he's you not. know like just off the bat because it's not because it's more about what sounds good than what like the inherent th- the goodness of the inherent thing. But I feel like I've now managed. I like waited long enough that now I don't actually have to watch Buffy. For a while, a lot of my friends were like, "Oh, you got to do it." Yeah, I know you don't, don't like him, but you don't have fine. to do that. It's fucking old. It. That shit's old yeah. now. Like. There's not a good, uh, there was a good tweet someone said, it was about radio stations where like, every radio station's like, the best of the 80s and the 90s and today, and they were like, motherfucker, today is, it's been 21, it's 21 years long now. Like, you can't, like, you have to start differentiating. And I have a bad, bad cultural, uh, like, timeline now. Like, oh, that's I, all, that's aging shit. Where like, everything that I think happened last year happened in 2002, Things that I think, like, ha- things that happened when I was young, like, authentically happened 25 years ago. Right. Yeah. You know? like, it's not the sort of thing where I can, like, this is the one that uh, I think has always gotten me. There's a great radio station in Los Angeles. It's it's basically an oldies hip-hop station, K-Day, and it fucking whips. It's one of my favorite radio stations in the world, or at least it was when I last heard it when I was last in Los Angeles, which was probably three years ago or two years ago now. But it is, like, that's what it is. Like, I'm, I'm just like, oh, yeah, you know, it's just, like, a good hip-hop station. Like, they let the DJs, like, do blends and stuff on, on air and all that. But, like, what it is is basically the music that, was, that I listened to when I was in college right. on the radio. And that's, like, the same thing. That's, like, when my parents listened to, like, Cousin Brucey when I was a child. That's what that was, too. It was the same deal. And, uh, yeah, so, like, I can't keep pretending that I'm not... Uh, an oldie who enjoys old things. Yeah, because like everything since college still rings as new to me, you know? Yeah. 
Like it doesn't like I, I like it took me a while to process that like like Katy Perry is like a has been now. Like she hasn't had a hit in fucking years. Like she's like she hasn't had a good song in many, many years. She's a judge on TV now. And like, you know, like she's not really all that relevant. I don't want to get into Simmons territory here, but it's yeah. like like, but I'm still she, like she's someone who came along like after Britney Spears. So it still feels yeah, relatively she had an new entire to me. career during our thirties. Yeah. Yeah, so it's what, over now. What is she? She's a host on what is she a host on now? America's Kids Got Singing. What she's is, host on. Uh, she's a host of American Idol. American she's a judge Idol. on American Idol, which still exists, and my mom yes. watches it. But like, I think that's like that's pretty much the the limit of the audience for American Idol in 2021 on a network. Well, and Cowl not- Heads, the the like the hardcore Simon Cowell loyalists. <laughs> is he still on, wait? Is he still on that, or did he do a different? He may have started. I, a different I think show. he's a judge on America's Got Talent now. Like, oh, all right. But who gives a that, fuck? Fuck him. Yeah, that's terrific. That's it's cool that that's all that television is going to be. That and like shows about uh like mass murderers who are sad. Yeah, but I could I could lament that. But like again, like at like the turn of the century, the biggest show on television was Who Wants to Be a Millionaire on like four nights a week because people were like, oh my god, Regis Philbin, and <laughs> you know is asking people multiple choice questions about like where what the capital of New Mexico is. Like, this yep. is com- compelling shit. I need to People know. People couldn't believe it. They were, they were able to get Philbin in the morning and then Philbin in the evening time, too? Come on. I know. You You really got your Phil... Dude. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Do it. <laughs> that's, when we, that's when we knew we'd really won the Cold War, was when you could get Regis Philbin at any time of day. That's right. Hey, uh, let's take a break and come back and do stupid shit. We'll right Terrific. Back. And we're back. You ready for a guy of the week? Let's do the guy of the week before dead or canceled. There's no guest this week, but uh, I think I do the guy first so that people don't do that. Because we've had happened twice now where people are worried that the guy of the week is actually someone who's supposed to be dead or canceled. So Yeah. And just be, I think this is good just for muscle memory stuff. Like, obviously, I know uh, what they are because I'm on the podcast most weeks. But, yeah. yes, you don't want to put yourself in a position where uh, – Chris Bosch, thanks for asking him if Grant Long is dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't. We didn't want that, and we we avoided that somehow. We avoided nothing else while talking to Chris Bosch. Yeah, well, it's because PR people helped a little on that one. But yeah, yes. yeah, we did the. We can say it now because we. So we did dinner canceled with him, and I was about to dive into the fun bag when uh, when his publicist uh, came into the call and said, "Actually, uh, Chris has some other commitments right now," which is totally fair. But also, like, I have no doubt she was like. This guy's about to ask Chris Boss whether he shit his warm up pants, and she was like, "Yeah, it was about to get very stupid." But yes. it was the sort of thing where, like, I think it, it worked out for the best. Not that they weren't good questions or anything like that, but like, oh, they were fantastic all the, questions. Just hardcore toilet trivia mm-hmm. and stuff that we get in the fun bag. It was, it he was, a, enjoyed it. It was good publicisting. I'm not gonna. Yes. I certainly don't have anything against the publicist. Your yes. guy of the week is John Franco of the Mets and his oh, legendary wow. mustache. Remember John Johnny Franco? Franco. He, uh, Staten Island's own, a, a true icon of uh, mustachioed New York City excellence. Never a guy I really liked that much, if I'm being honest. Very stressful to watch as your team's closer. And also, again, like kind of just a, a vibe, a Staten Island vibe that um, kind of faintly police adjacent uh, that I, I didn't really dig. Well, he had but, an earnest mustache, which doesn't really exist anymore. I feel like every mustache now is like an ironic mustache. Or a fucking Movember mustache, which I hate. 
there's a little bit of that. I think that as you've seen mustaches come back in baseball, it's like some of them are clearly like guys getting together and being like, wouldn't it be hilarious if we like whatever just looked like a uh, Thomas Lennon in Reno 911 yep. together? Like, yeah. wouldn't that be great? And like, it is reliably like kind of funny when they do it. But every now and then the Mets have a guy named Sean Reed Foley, who is a heavily tattooed shaved headed guy with a little Farva mustache. Ooh. And it's a, and I, first of all, I'm not going to ask Sean Reed Foley about his mustache under any circumstances, but like, I get the sense that he is playing that one straight down the middle. Like that is the look that he's going for. Oh, it's a fabulous like, mustache. It's yeah. A- it's just like, like shredded Farva. I, um, I appreciate it too. Cause he had, he had the mustache and the beard, which any, any ball player can do that. And every ball yeah. player does do that, but to trim it down into like a, like an earnest mustache. I appreciate that. The one thing that I'll share about Franco too. So he pitched at St. John's in Queens and he goes back and like supports the team. And there was a guy that I, you know, faintly know online who was like on that team. And apparently like Franco's advice for the pitchers was like, you got to chew gum. Cause you got to have a lot of, a lot of juice in your mouth so you can use it to grip the ball. But that was like, <laughs> yeah, well, John, was just getting together and, you know, being like, if there's one lesson I have for you guys, it's this. Juicy fruit. It's gonna move you. Shoot. Like you have to do <laughs> <laughs> which I think is is terrific. Like if you have to give advice to teenagers, like yeah, may as well be about candy. I remember that entire juicy fruit jingle. Take a stick, yeah. pull it out. This is gonna <laughs> move you when you pop it in your mouth. And they then like make more ads like it shows people like water skiing. Like when you think of dynamic water sports, you think of chewing fucking chewing <laughs> gum. Yeah, that's the part of it that I was ditto for big big red at least was like the gum that you chew before you smooch. Juicy fruit was a that was advertised as basically a performance enhancing, right? Yeah, <laughs> which is like, incredible. And like, and it was a shitty gum. Like you get the fruit flavor and it lasts like three seconds. It's not like hubba bubba where like it lingers at least yeah. for a little bit this was like i love the idea of it being too that sort of thing that like right before you do something like if i'm about to jump out of a plane the one thing i want to do is like put something that i'm definitely going to choke on into my mouth right before i do it yeah oh my god hey your dinner canceled I'm glad, I'm glad you sang the song thank you your dinner canceled is jim caviezel is the passion of the christ actor is he dead or canceled roth so caviezel is canceled Yes. Did I talk to you about the episode of the um, QAnon Anonymous podcast about him? Uh, no, ta- ta- you talked about it, but not on this podcast, so now you have to talk about it. Okay. So uh, this is all extremely secondhand. It's a very funny episode. I encourage everybody to uh, seek it out. The so um, One of the, the reporters for that podcast, who, his name I do not remember, uh, talked to a bunch of people that worked with Caviezel on Person of Interest, and he is fucking daffy. Like, just <laughs> unbelievable behaviors that, like, in the same way that, like, I think there's a lot of people in uh, that work in movies where, like, they just, if you're successful enough, like, you can basically act in a way that no other person would be permitted to act. We call that the Johnny you know? Depp difference. We know. It, right. I mean, that you're just, like, they're like, well, it's his, it's his method. Like, he needs to, like, have rings on every finger or else he can't remember any of his lines. So Caviezel couldn't remember his lines either, but he was also like just like a weird, willful child who would corner people on set. They called it getting sucked into the cavortex. Like he would just Ooh. see somebody and just like start talking to them about like adrenochrome or like um, why gay people are going to hell or just like whatever was in his fucking mind. And he's got this like weird homebrewed 
evangelical reactionary worldview even before he got into Q stuff, which he's deeply into now. Also, there were the story. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 you go. The story that they told about him that really stuck with me was like, there's a scene where his character is required, was supposed to like pull up at the curb in a car uh, outside of this happened in Midtown outside the Smith and Walensky's on like uh, whatever that is, second or third Avenue. I, I know that exact restaurant. I know. I mean, I feel like we've both been there. This is, this will bring it home to you. So uh, the, you know, usually I guess if it's not a difficult driving thing, they'll just let the actor do it. Cause it's like these guys, even, you know, like even Johnny Depp can drive a car a short distance without hurting anybody. Yeah. Most yeah. Of you the don't time. need a stuntman for that. So Caviezel could not be trusted to do that. Started out on the other side of a traffic light, blew through a red light on a busy street, almost hit a bunch of pedestrians because he was going like 55 miles an hour, like just peeled out and then pulled up to the curb. And they were like, Jim, what are you doing, man? And he was like, this is how, this is how he would do it. This is how my character would do it. He'd come in hot. Like, and they were like, you can't like, if you killed that lady that you almost hit, you can't say that it's like you were in the mind of the character from person of interest at the time. Like, so they, they wouldn't let him do stuff. If there, if somebody needed to hold a dog on a leash, they wouldn't let Caviezel do it. If they needed him, if they needed to like have his character drive a short distance, bring in like a union stunt guy to drive across 33rd street and park the car. That's because he literally could great. not. Great. That's good. Like that to bring in John Stockton as a stunt double. Cause they look alike. Yeah. Right? <laughs> he does look like John Stockton. There is a, uh, there was actually, there was a photo from a week or two ago. Uh, he visited the, visited the team headquarters of Mississippi state to visit Mike Leach. Cause who doesn't do that? Right. In their- if you have the opportunity to, uh, go to, where is that? Starkville. And- yeah. Talk to talk to Mike Leach. You got to do it. Yeah, when when people in Mississippi are like, you know what, that town's a shithole. Like when people right, in Mississippi are saying it's... that, you you know, you know, you got a real shithole in your hands. So anyway, a photograph like Mike Leach looks like he's about two feet tall. He's got fucking cargos on, which I respect, but he looks, mm-hmm. you know, like the disheveled wingnut that he is. And yeah, then he's Mike Leach. And then and then uh, yeah, like Mike Leach. And then and then Jim Caviezel is standing next to him, like super proud. Wearing a fucking tactical fanny pack, and I can't identify. There's like a walkie-talkie in there, in yeah. case I guess he has to break up like a sex ring. I think there's there might be like a batarang. I don't like. It's just like like there's what? a little there's a little jug. Oh, I got yeah, there's like a canteen. Yeah, like, yeah. Like like where are you going? What are you doing with that thing? You you're visiting a college building. Like what? Right. Like there's no way that. Although I think that this is from what little I learned about Caviezel from that podcast. Like. He really believes that he could be called up into, like, a tactical situation uh, at any time. So maybe he just always dresses like that. Where it's could- like he needs his little four-ounce can- canteen and his fucking, like, Batman grappling hook in case, like, whatever. His plan is to go to Longhorn Stakes with Mike Leach, but, like, that could change at any time. Yeah, I, yeah he's on call by, from God. <laughs> if God. God himself. Uh, time to open up the fun bag. This is from Mark. Mark writes in, Daily, I use manly face lotion. That is SPF 15. I also have a man-branded SPF. Nice. If I go to the beach and rub in some SPF 30 sunscreen, is my face now at SPF 45? Because 15 plus 30 equals 45. Or I am at 30, or am I still at 15? Wow. Uh, this is a good question. I think... Actually, you know what? I'm not even going to go ahead and answer it. I don't know. I have never really understood sunblock. I uh, wear it when I am told to do so. And I usually, I, from what I've been told, like 15 is basically like cosmetic. Like that's not actually offering much in the way of sun protection. 
But you are the great son avoider of this podcast, so I feel like you would know more about how SPF stuff works. Actually, no, that's not true. I know, I know there are sunscreen truthers out there, which, like, if you're going to pick something the truther, buddy, that that is one. Well, oh, no, the, this is um, this is my literal wife. She's like, if it's under forty, it's not worth it. Yeah, but that's different though, because she's going to wear the forty, right? I'm talking about people yes. who eschew sunscreen entirely because they're just like, oh yeah, they're like, oh, it's fake. <laughs> like these red burns. There, that's my skin normally. Like, yeah, that's weakness leaving the body. Uh, that's I, definitely like my my dad's on that. I was told, and I did, I and I'm not gonna Google it during the podcast because people know when I'm googling it in real time. <laughs> so self conscious. So though. so SPF was uh, the number of minutes that you can hang out in the sun while that has been applied to your body. So SPF 15. Well. I, I hope you like going to a fruit stand for five seconds and then running yeah. back to your car. Otherwise, you're gonna die. So, in other words, if you put on fifty and then you immediately put on thirty right after it, like one second later, you haven't you haven't given yourself SPF forty five. You've given yourself SPF thirty. You've just essentially you bought yourself an extra fifteen. Minutes right. You things. you didn't need to put on both. You just should have put on the thirty. If you wait fifteen minutes and then put on the thirty, well, then you have added up to forty five. That is my completely and utterly uninformed. SPF uh, knowledge, and you should really ask a dermatologist instead. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the one thing that I feel like we can't underline enough on this podcast is that we are not medical professionals. Uh, John writes in, when I squeeze my nipples, a little bit of juice comes out. What is that? What's that? What's that? Yeah. What's happening here? What, <laughs> said, what is this question? <laughs> I have nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? He, uh, <laughs> he says, I'm a biological male, by the way. So John's a guy, and his nipples are leaking, and he wanted to know what that was, and I, uh, I believe that... Uh, <laughs> I believe that's actually quite normal and that men can secrete uh, a regular amount of colostrum out of their nipples. Is uh, that what that is? I it's possible. Well, all right. So well, wait, colostrum's wrong. No, that's the wrong term because I I I haven't had a baby in a, my kids are too old now for but colostrum is the first thing a baby shits and it's a different uh, substance. No, that's meconium. Oh. Well, yeah, what's colostrum then? Well, now I am going to we, Google it. Yeah, you're right. Is, Meconium, right. Who's the dad yeah. here? Yeah, Hang well, on. I know I know about it because I encountered it. I've changed a number of dipes because I am an, an active uncle. Oh, uh, oh, a member of the active uncle community. I was right. Colostrum, known colloquially as bee stings, bisnings, or first milk. Wow, those bee are some words. Bee, bee stings or bisnings. It's bee stings, f- like, like what happens when Marshawn Lynch runs you over? That's a bee sting. Is, that, what, the, is that how it's spelled? I, it's spelled like you've been stung by a bee. Bee stings. Oh, but there's bee no sting. space. But there's no, okay. there's no space. But I'd rather, I'd rather think of it as beast-ings than bee stings. Yeah, that's what's happening. When this dude squeezes his nipple and a little bit of juice comes out, he is bee sting. Anyway, it's the, uh, it's the, it is the first milk. I was, I was correct. I, I corrected myself when I didn't have to. So anyway... Anyway, I think I think men's uh, nipples can uh, secrete colostrum and or breast milk, and also, of course, men can get breast cancer. Richard Roundtree of Shaft had breast cancer, so you should oh. you should touch your titties every now and again, even if you're a guy, uh, to make sure you don't feel anything weird. Like I, I actually I I do this because I was I grew up overweight, and so I have like there's something there, there's something in the boob. Like I can make all the Phil Mickelson jokes I want, but there's like there's something in there, there's tissue. And I have to like touch the tissue. Manipulate it. While I'm in the shower. Yeah, to make sure that it's all good. So I just want to say to John, I think you're fine. If it's blood, maybe consult a doctor, but I don't think it's. Yeah. Is. Can we, let's, the next question, let's put ourselves in a position where we're not giving medical advice, whatever that next question's about. Oh, uh, well, that's Toilet a shame stuff. because uh, this is from 
Kirk C. asking if he should get vaccinated for COVID. So I don't know. <laughs> uh, That's a personal choice. It's private. It's between yeah. you and your family. It's absolutely. Uh, and I know that it's a your person. friends, Adam and Harrison, will back you up. Yeah, it's a, it's a personal choice. And really, how dare anybody ask anybody about such a thing? It's very private. I mean, it's. it's Do you think that Cousins is the most unvaccinated guy <laughs> in the NFL of quarterbacks? No. No, because Tom Brady's still there. and Oh, yeah. Yeah, Brady would have a... Yeah. That guy absolutely has got some, some thoughts on 5G and how to contract it. Yeah, there's absolutely no chance that Tom Brady's been vaccinated, but that he'd like... That he believes himself to be vaccinated through like the, like the his diet and through his stretch routine. Like that. Yeah. Like, like he's absolutely like, I, I am immune to not just COVID, but like to everything. Like, yeah, like, it's like Instagram wellness influencer brain where it's like you're trying to tell me that somebody who drinks this much juice that he makes himself is susceptible to human diseases. You have no idea how stupid you sound. Yeah, right. Like if I dipped a harpoon in leprosy and I fired it right into fucking Tom Brady's torso, he'd be like, that's fine. I don't yeah. eat gluten. It's totally all right. <laughs> right. right. Not, my, luckily, my pliability yeah, is going to get me through. Nothing, nothing ever is going to happen to him. So I think Tom Brady is the most unvaccinated. But there's going to be there's going to be a swift competition because I think that at some point in, during the NFL preseason, there is going to be a player that sues the league to get the protocols for non-vaccinated players overturned so that they can wear absolutely. a mask. That's it's absolutely going to happen, and it's it's going to be. It's not going to be Kirk. It's going to be someone because Kirk has he's very like he's very conscious of his it's a PR. company man too. He's yeah. not going to. But there's definitely somebody out there like, or it'll be like Jack Del Rio or somebody. Yeah, like yeah. That. Oh yeah, yeah. It could be a coach like Jack Del Rio. But there's there is some Trevor Bauer in waiting who's going to absolutely do that. <laughs> Jason writes in: Are we in a golden age of goats? Off the top of my head, there are at least five big name games with active players who have reasonable claims to it. LeBron. Messi, Fancy Dog Tom Brady, Serena, and Joker Federal Nadal. I know two in not big in U.S. sports, a Hamilton in F1, and Sumo's Hakuho is a strong contender for the Goat of Goats. Oh, yeah, and Michael Phelps and Usain Bolt are recently active enough. Is this confirmation bias, or is there something real going on? Are we in the golden age of goats, Roth? I kind of think so. I mean, it's a weird one to me, because I think that, like, the, you know, in terms of when I've been paying attention to sports, I think there have been, like, times where, like, you know, like, I, Michael Jordan and Pedro were playing at the same time and stuff like that. But never, I think, has there been, like, this density of it. Certainly in, like, in tennis, like, the, like, how good, like, especially, like, Djokovic is now, but, like, how good Federer has been, like, the way that Serena Williams has dominated, that wasn't. Like, as great as, like, you know, Steffi Graf was when we were kids, or, like, there was nothing like this. Like, nothing that went on for as long or was quite as dominant in that regard. Yeah, I mean, but I do think there is some recency bias there, because I, like, remember when, of I, course, was, when, yes. I, was, when I was younger, and, you know, Michael Jordan was around, I was like, well, there's not going to be anybody better than this. I'll never see anybody better than this. And I kind of wanted that to always be true. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of MJ stands stay, you know, sort of cling to that. Yeah. But, you know, I, I was I was proven wrong, and then, like, People who, you know, people who, soccer fans who were, said Pele's the greatest, like, soccer player and the greatest athlete in world history, you know, they've essentially been proven wrong. And yeah, and I'm not going to get into a fight with them right now because they'll yell at me about it. But so, like, and like when I saw Joe Montana, I was like, I'm not going to see a better quarterback. I did. So Montana was the one I was thinking about with Brady because I think there was nobody during the interim 
between when Montana retired or, you know, whatever, when he stopped winning Super Bowls. Although I guess he like took the Chiefs to the AFC Championship game when he was like 37. Or he did. Like that. He did. Yeah. But that like there was no one in between there where I was like, this is the best quarterback I've ever seen. No. And now it's like, I mean, I think play by play, Rodgers does shit that I've never seen anybody do. And Brady is just very obviously the best because of how many Super Bowls he's won and stuff. So like, I think there's something, there's really like something to that. And I don't know to what extent it's just that like the sport is coached better. The players are in better shape. Tom Brady has um, invented a diet that makes him impervious to aging and pain. Right. But there's, I don't, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't think it's all recency bias, although I absolutely agree that there's like some element of that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, but I, I do think that as we go forward, there will be more goats. Like, you know, it seems impossible that anyone else will win seven Super Bowls the way Tom Brady has, and he'll probably win an eighth uh, this mm-hmm. year. But, you know, t- you know, Patrick Mahomes is already here, you know, and, you know, Trevor Lawrence just got drafted, and Trevor Lawrence might be really, really, really fucking good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, you know, oh, I will never see another LeBron. Like, the young players in the NBA right now who have not been sidelined by hideous, hideous injuries, they're really, really fucking good. So I yeah. can't, you know, like, I, I can't, I can't, I, I think it would be bad to close myself off to the idea that things are not going to get even more astonishing as I get older and all that stuff. And I think that's the thing, even beyond like LeBron being like in some goat conversation with Jordan, which like, obviously like, I don't want to have that either. There's more like astonishing players that like Steph Curry, like there's just a lot of that, like proliferation of really, really great players that I don't remember from, you know, like, like Jordan's like the analog there would be like Carl Malone or something like that. Yeah, like, who was who sucked to watch. I fucking hated watching Right, yeah. Carl so Malone like before. aesthetically, like all of these sports are are almost all of them are like getting cooler. Like yeah. what Messi's capable of doing is like cooler looking than what Pele was doing. And not just because like Pele was playing against guys who like smoke cigarettes during the halftime break. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Jordan's contemporaries who were really good were just not aesthetically like Patrick Ewing who the fuck wanted to watch Patrick Ewing he sucked to watch yeah. Patrick Ewing like he and was, some of it was like I, like Olajuwon was dope that's like that's, the one guy I guess that's different he was but awesome I think a lot of it but also it was just like aesthetically like the game wasn't open enough Correct. for like cool things to happen in it you know like so that even guys like now who are like like Damian Lillard great as he is is like not an all-time great you know except for in the Blazers franchise but like he does things during you know, normal regular season games that if you showed them to like 13 year old me, like I would just run in circles, <laughs> hyping myself up until I passed out. Yeah. This is a novelty. And now it's the norm. Hey, uh, yeah. we're going to take off cause it's early and this is a vacation podcast. I'm not even here. I'm at the beach. Wow. Yeah. You can hear, if you listen closely, you can uh, hear the waves <sighs> crashing. Where are you? This is a, you are going to the beach. I'm going, yeah, I'm going to the beach. We're taking the dog and like, we, we don't have to wear masks at the beach. It's going to be cool. Yeah. Cool. I'm looking forward to normal summer vacation things. It's going to, it's going to be good. And I, I will wear the appropriate amount of SPF to add up yeah. to the extra appropriate amount of SPF. Rash guard D is coming out. I wear a rash guard. You know, I do. <laughs> it's really, all the chicks are like, oh my God, this is so hot. I, what is all this colostrum coming out of me at the sight of this man? <laughs> and the podcast. Brandon Nix is our producer and engineer. Daisy Rosario is our executive producer. Our theme song is by Kirk Hamilton. You can listen to ad-free episodes of The Distraction only on Stitcher Premium. And thanks to us, you can get a free month of Stitcher Premium right now. Just go to stitcherpremium.com and use the promo code DISTRACT. And don't forget to rate, 
review and subscribe wherever it is that you listen. And spend your summer with us at Defector by subscribing to Defector.com right now. We love you having you aboard. It's it'll be fun. Great. Yeah, because because shit's coming soon. Like it's gonna be football season soon. And there's gonna be things to read when football season comes around. As if there isn't enough to read at Defector right now as we speak. Wow, great posts. Yeah. Well done, Drew. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Yeah. Bye.